This week on Stay in the Truck, we're going to preview college football week nine. So grab you a cold beverage and let's go. Welcome to Stay in the Truck, the ultimate podcast for sports enthusiasts and avid gamblers alike. Each week we'll provide you with invaluable insights, analysis, and tips to elevate your game. We can be found on all major podcasts and social media outlets. See the show notes for details. Stick around to the end to hear this week's most boneheaded sports moments with our Stay in the Truck Awards. So let's jump right into this week's show. All right, boys, we have reached the midpoint of the 2023 college football season and week eight brought us plenty of wild finishes with several of the season's top teams not looking so dominant. But somehow, several of them were able to escape unscathed. Maserati Marv in the Buckeyes. Let's start right there, guys. All right. Ohio State at Penn State. Let's go. Well, I think we just realized it all happened again. James Franklin cannot win a big game to save his ass. <laughs> Hence why he runs the score up on every other team he plays so he can keep the boosters happy that's betting on him. To make it look good, save yeah. his job. Yeah, I mean, that way they can bet and get their money and – Pay for his contract, and he can lose again to Michigan and Ohio State because Michigan's going boat racing when they get when they play. So, on that thought, let me throw a little stat out here for you. Bring it on, James Franklin's record at Penn State against top ten teams. He's one for nine versus Ohio State. He's zero for ten on the road versus top ten teams, and he's three for sixteen at home versus top ten teams. In his defense, his quarterback was eighteen of forty-two. For 29.4 QBR. Yep. Not good. Especially his longest pass was like 14 not yards good. or something. <laughs> that is terrible. He's a freshman, yeah. and a lot of people were skeptical about how yeah. he was going to be able to walk in. He's he's a freshman. It was his first true road, road game. game in yep. conference. So there was a lot on this kid. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pin it all on Drew Aller. I, I think the play calling was shit, quite yep. honestly. I think they were scared. I think they played scared. They played not to lose, and in football, when you you're playing when you're playing in a away game, yeah. when you're playing you're playing at the shoe, you can't go somewhere. You can't go to Auburn, even if it's Auburn. You can't go to Auburn. You can't go to to LSU. You can't yeah. go to Clemson. You can't go to the shoe. You can't go to some of these big stadiums where the the atmosphere is intense mm-hmm. and play not to lose. Yeah. Why'd you throw a little dig at Jeff there, Chris? Even if you go to Auburn. Well, because they're struggling, but they, but still going Come to Auburn. There, you know, it's, hard to, it's hard to win at Auburn. A lot of crazy things happen at that stadium. According to uh, Lane Kiffin. Yeah. And everybody yeah. else. And everybody else. <laughs> That's right, baby. But, so. you know, as bad as Penn State played, Ohio State was not trying to win this game. I mean, it was 10-7 to 7 going into the fourth quarter. Well, Think about that. Yeah. But, but the whole thing changed, right? What was in the second quarter, the scoop and score and – they call defensive hold. The refs call it get together. They, they, it looks like they're going to pick it up, and then they say, no. Nah. Just kidding. Just kidding. Well, that may have been the game because yeah. the scoop and score early in the game, Penn State goes up 10-3. to three. Yep. On that drive, they give Ohio State the ball back. Ohio State drives down the field and scores their only touchdown of the first half. Yep. So, without that play, does, does Ohio State even get a touchdown in the first half? Probably not. Probably not. So, you know – I feel like there were two games decided, and we'll get to the other one in a minute. 
But I feel like there were two games decided by referees this week, and this is one of them. But that doesn't take away the fact that Ohio State has continued to show the fact that, that even though their offense struggles this year, they're not the dominant offensive team we're used to seeing over the last, what, five, ten years. Right. Their defense, Their defense is, is legit. Yes, like, they've never had it. If this defense would have been playing with some of those previous right. teams, they would have just wiped the slate clean with everybody. Yeah. They made some changes on the defensive side of the ball, and it's paying off big time. Absolutely. Big time. But, so. Yeah, and it was evident. Penn State was one for 16 converting third downs. Wow. That's horrible. Jeez. So, I, I really think that this was a was – a, that that play took the wind out of Penn State sails with a young quarterback on the road. Mm-hmm. That uh, they there was no coming back from that. Even though they had a whole other half to do it, there was no coming back from that. Not with this young team. No. Nope. So, nope. And a lot of the talk on the off season was about Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen, the two running backs. They were going to be all world, all this, all that. Dual threat. Singleton forty eight yards. Katron Allen twenty six. Neither one of them had a touchdown. Hadn't done anything all year really. Well, I'm going to tell you, I, I think that I, I compare this game to that Oregon-Washington game without the high-powered offensive mm-hmm. battle. But I'm saying, uh, if you flip the script, if if Washington goes to Oregon and plays next week, oh, yeah. I think they walk away with their brains beat out. Yeah. I think if Ohio State has to go to Penn State next week, I don't think they get their brains beat out. I think we have another barn burner yeah. like this. But I think that that one or two calls or, yeah. or the, comfort, the, other way. the comfort of the freshman quarterback being at home, I think you get a similar score the other way. So, yep. well, As bad as it was, Marvin Harrison Jr. is still a stud. We know that. Well, he's he's their stud, though. That's oh. it. That's oh. if, if you – I mean, what they say about Brock Bowers a few weeks ago, he said – one of the coaches said, Brock Bowers is a toddler. He said, "You got to put two parents on him and keep your eyes on him at all times." <laughs> and that, I mean, that's the same way. Unfortunately, we don't ha- we don't get to see him for a little while, but that's the same way I think defenses should approach Marvin Harrison because, other than him, Ohio State doesn't have a lot going on on offense. Well, you look at some of his games earlier in the year, and I mean, you know, against Notre Dame, he only had three catches for thirty-two yards, no touchdowns. Purdue six for one hundred five. He had one touchdown, and he had eight catches at Maryland for one hundred sixty-three. This time he had eleven for one sixty-two. Yeah. So, well, James Franklin is so pompous. He thinks that his defense is, and whatever whatever defensive scheme he's got to run, he's going to run it no matter who's on offense. Instead of instead of you think that Kirby doesn't if Ohio State comes to town with Marvin Harrison, you think Kirby doesn't change the defense? Absolutely. You change it up. Absolutely. To to all right, we're gonna we're gonna make the rest of the team beat this guy's not gonna beat us. Yeah. Or he just tells Javon Bullard to not shut (laughs) of him in the back of the end zone. (laughs) (laughs) One of the two. So Ohio State and Michigan now are the only unbeaten teams left in the Big Ten. I don't even think there's a comparison. I think there's a I think if you put a line on Ohio State Michigan right now. I'm just guessing, but I'd say it's probably Jeff might even know if they have they seen have they said anything about a line on that in a few weeks? Have they given any indication? Michigan's eight. I was gonna say ten. I think it's gonna be a ten ten to fourteen points. Anyway. When is that game? Two weeks? Uh is it two weeks or three weeks? Well, November twenty fifth. Yeah, it's the last game of the year, right? Twelve o'clock. Hmm. All right. Let's talk a little bit about uh let's move out to the Pac twelve. How about them Utah Utes? Man, they just don't lose, man. Them Utah Utes would be undefeated if Bryson Barnes played in the Florida game. I mean, not the Florida the game, Oregon the uh, Oregon State game. Yeah, They'd be undefeated. Mm-hmm. Biggest mistake they made all year. What is Cam doing? What, I mean, imagine if he was on that team. Mm. 
They'd be number three in the country, probably. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe number four. They haven't even, from what I've seen, I haven't seen any releases on what the doctors are even saying. No, he was released to practice. It doesn't matter. No, he's done. Whittingham announced during yeah, post-game he's news he's conference. Back. Cam Rising is not playing this season. And neither is Keefe, the tight end. Yeah, they yeah. got to move on. You know what yeah. I mean? They oh, got to yeah. quit. That was it. He probably told them, hey, kid, you know, you and your parents, y'all sit and talk, but if you ain't playing against Southern Cal, We're, it's over. We got to move on. Yeah. We got to let this guy get confident. We got to give Bryson Barnes the reins. He's got to know that farmer. he's... Yeah, he's got to know that Third he's string. in control. Third you know? string quarterback. But he looked good though against a porous Trojan defense. He had two thirty-five, three touchdowns. He did throw one pick, but he looked good. He there looked is like one Pac-12 defense that is worse than them. Oh, who's <laughs> that, that? Ranks, that ranks one thirtieth out of one hundred thirty <laughs> yeah. teams. I that would be the imagine uh, who you'd be talking about. I don't right know now. the number one defensive player ever to play in the NFL on, uh, from a defensive <laughs> yeah. back position. Yeah, running the worst defense in college football. Oh man, that that's, guy. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, All Ka- right, Caleb but, Williams did not throw a single touchdown pass in that game. I tell you what, I think that people are starting to uh, to get a script on him. Stock I think down too. I think people are, are starting to figure out what his flaws are. I think that uh, people are starting to figure out that unless he's playing flag football, yeah, he's not a great quarterback. If he has to drop back, go through progressions in, in three, three and a half, four seconds, and find the open receiver, he can't. He can't do it. He's got to drop back, run around. Uh, use all that athletic ability. He's got a crazy big arm. Like, but but you know that all this talk that he was doing the last couple of weeks about you know he'd make more money staying at USC next year. That may be his only option. The way things are going, <laughs> yeah, stock down what for about, sure. Well, he came out and said that he wants like part ownership, part ownership of, of whoever drafts him, the truck. and he's only going to four teams. Whoever yeah. his management yeah. company is, whoever's watching over him, his. "Quote unquote people, yeah, they better find some new. They ones. need to, yeah, they need. I'm only to going to four teams, and I got to get part ownership. Yeah, yeah. That's, okay, that's not even legal for one thing. Number two, it would never happen. Period. So, even if it was, but you, you ain't the next great coming, buddy. Well, you know, I, I just think I think he's going to be an NFL flop. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, you know, out of this class of of college quarterbacks right now, I think that he's he's the the going to be the biggest disappointment. Probably so. So, um, but anyway, that's uh. Utah goes to six and one, three and one in the conference, and they do have a shot. We they found out that Colorado's Travis Hunter is not the only guy that can play on both sides of the ball. That's right. That's right. The Sion, Sion is a Sion Vacky. Vacky, yeah. Caught he, two touchdowns, two hundred seventeen mm-hmm. total yards, and yeah. is a stud. Ran for sixty eight. He's also their starting strong safety. And if I had to choose between him and Travis Hunter, I'm oh, taking that kid. I'm taking that one right there. He's in a good. second, he is good. good. I'm not saying Travis Hunter's not oh, good. No. And Hunter. and despite some of the lack of success they've had. Uh, the character of the person I've seen from Travis Hunter uh, when he went bowling with the kid that knocked yeah. him out in the yeah. um, Colorado State, Colorado State, State game, mm-hmm. and, and it was a fundraiser yeah. for children to raise money, and uh, all the things when the, just that he said publicly. I, I really, as much as uh, I kind of have had fun bashing Colorado a little bit this year, um, I do I do think Travis Hunter's a great football player, and 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 as of right now, I think he, he's looking like he's a great kid too. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to take nothing away from him with that, no. but so Utah lives to to fight another day and see if they can run the table out here. And... Got a big game next week. We'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah, as much as as much as as if Bryson Barnes continues to grow throughout the next four or five games, as much as I would love to really see Utah in the final, I just want to see that Washington Oregon rematch. Quite <laughs> honestly, that was a great game to watch. Washington Fugazi, I'm telling you. I, 
I don't disagree, but I want to see Bo Nix get his revenge. Quite honestly, I'm rooting for Bo. I'm rooting for Bo, too. I know. Well, Washington is the only unbeaten team left in the Pac-12. And that's because, Dan, I don't kick Lanning. (laughs) (laughs) Fourth and goal. I do not kick. Fourth and goal, Dan Lanning. Fourth and anything, I'm going for it, baby. Uh, They were on their 0 for 3 fourth down conversions. It was all fourth and goal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That a babe. Yeah. So, all right, where are we going next, Chris? How about Virginia pulling off the week's biggest upset? God, Drake May. The Virginia Cavaliers have upset the undefeated North Carolina Tar Heels 31 27. Here's the biggest issue with this game is Virginia was 1 5 coming into this game. This should have been a slaughter for North Carolina. Absolutely. And, and what makes it even worse is in a, in a time where Caleb Williams, his stock is falling. Uh, Michael Penix had a bad week. His stock is falling. Drake May had an opportunity to. I mean, what were they? It was. It was. There was a minute, two minutes, and twelve seconds. Whatever. The, whatever it was. Around two minutes when they got the ball back. Down by four. He gets the ball back. Could have been the Heisman Trophy front runner. Absolutely. All he's got to do against a one in five shitbag team of Virginia is drive down the field and win a football game. Throws the pick. And he throws the pick. He went 24 for 48, QBR rating of 44.3. 50%. But all those stats would have been overlooked if he drives down the yep. field and wins the game. Yep. Yeah. But he don't. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Drake Mays, Drake Mays' chance at Heisman, I think that, that he's done. Even if some of the other guys don't don't play as well as they have been, uh, he's pretty much that, – that game just yeah. wipes you out of it. Yeah. I, I mean, this was supposed to be the greatest quarterback class of all time, right? Jordan Travis, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, Drake May. Who else we got out there? Bo Nix, maybe. Yeah, they yeah. seem like they're dropping like flies left and right, man. All right, UCF, Oklahoma. What we got there, boys? Well, we got UCF's ex-quarterback. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel leading the charge at Oklahoma. Second in the Heisman now. Thought Moving. they were going to get boat raced. Had to make a come-from-behind win to pull this game off. Well, if Gus had, I mean, if he, if he had a two-point play up his sleeve instead of just running two-point plays for his whole offense... <laughs> they would have got. They would have pulled this thing off. That was the absolute worst. They spread the guy out wide. I mean, it was just they were against the wrong coverage. They couldn't make a call. I, hey man, it's, I saw too much of it. I already know. Get on the gus. Get on the gus, bus. Get on the bus, gus. Whatever you want to call it. Get on the wheels come off that son of a Damn it! Get on the gus bus. Something. Yeah. I mean, you know, but look, Oklahoma though. I'm not real sure that they're as good as we think they are. I still think Texas will beat them. If they get to rematch, but if Quinn Ewers is healthy, hey man, look Malik Murphy. Though. I heard that. Hey, listen, there's a lot of people saying Malik Murphy might come out and play so good that they don't even want to put Quinn Ewers back on the what field. What are y'all talking about? They got Arch. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna focus on his. Uh, they're gonna focus him on his uh, NIL deals and just oh. let him make money on the sideline. Yeah, but you know uh, the rumors I've been reading this week is that this uh, you know Malik Murphy will be making his audition for whatever team wants him next year. Whoever's going to pay the most to get him because Arch is going to get all the snaps with the number one. In this game, UCF led Oklahoma twenty three seventeen at one time, and then Oklahoma started chipping back away. Got up twenty four twenty three, and uh, then they scored another touchdown to put them up thirty one twenty three, and then they just kind of let off a little bit and gave up a late touchdown. But I do I do think that this this run that Oklahoma's had of feeling so confident and uh, feeling unbeatable, especially coming off the high. But we talk, me and Jeff talk about this all the time, is that that it's so hard 
when you have a huge game, a rivalry game, and an intense game and a big win, it's hard as a player and a coach to get everybody back to that 100% ready-to-roll level the following week against what you know is a subpar team. Now, UCF played well, right? And they didn't look like a subpar team. But if this game was before the Texas game, I think you got Oklahoma winning this game 35 to 14, 17. You know what I mean? They they roll through them. So I think that has a lot to do with it. People don't take that into account. But, But like you said, Dylan Gabriel did the opposite of Drake May. He had to bring his team from behind, pick up the slack, and get it done. And uh, that's what he did, you know. 25 of 38 for 253, three touchdowns and a pick, and just let him right down the field and let him roll. You know, it's starting to show a little bit here with Oklahoma with their number one receiver, Anthony. He's gone for the year. He got hurt in the Texas game. They can't really run the ball. If it's not Dylan Gabriel running the ball, they really – they don't really have a, a good running game. And on the defense side of the ball, they can't really stop the run. Those are things – and they had the same problem last year. That's why I was down in Oklahoma. I didn't think the defense would turn around as much as it has now. I'll give it to Vendables. He's turned it around a pretty good bit. Yeah, give him another year or two, and they're going to be probably oh, yeah. pretty he, solid. He can right. recruit like crazy. So yeah. They're joining the SEC, though. So They're going to have to get a defense because <laughs> yeah. them big hogs and all the SEC teams. So They're about, they're about to be stepping up to what, the uh, What's Arkansas? Boys. Arkansas is 2-5 and five and would be winning the Big Ten West. And all the all five <laughs> yeah. games they lost right. were by seven or less points. Yeah, they'd be they'd be the big dogs in the Big Ten. Oklahoma, they you know we'll see we'll see how it goes with them. Um, <laughs> they're ten point favorites this week against Kansas without at Jalen Daniels yeah, at Kansas, but without Jalen Daniel, Beam's gonna start again at quarterback. So yeah, that's gonna be tough for Kansas. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. But Kansas coming off a of bye week, Lance Leipold, great coach. I'm sure he'll have something you know something schemed up. So that's a lot of points to be laying on the road. Tony, do we want to talk about that god-awful game between Alabama and Tennessee? I just want to know what happened at halftime. Is, is, was Saban that confident he just flipped the switch and they that's just rolled? Crumbly pick. That's the way he sounded at halftime. He was like, hey, we're down by two scores. You know, ain't no big deal. We'll come back out here. And guess what? They did. Third quarter started two plays. They're in the end zone. Yeah. I think that he saw something. I think that Saban probably – by the time he figured something out, it was getting close to the end of the first half, and he's like, "I know what to do now." Well, I mean, I just see. There's a reason he's the goat. There's yeah. a reason that king of adjustments. He yeah. did. You know, how many years in a row have we said Alabama's a second half team for oh. ten or fifteen years? However long he's been there, we've been saying Alabama's a second half team. Well, it's because they take their notes in the first half and they take them into the locker room and they put them to use. Well, you got Joe Milton who. He missed one of the receivers just wide open in the end zone in the second quarter where they could have went up another touchdown. Instead, they had to settle for a field goal. And then he missed another receiver that was wide open going toward the end zone. So when you got a quarterback like that, now he made some nice passes too. He, and he ran the ball good. I mean, he was their leading rusher, yeah. 59 yards. But he's not going to beat you. And, and everybody knows that. He's a great athlete. He couldn't he's beat been Florida. A, he's been a great athlete his whole career. Yeah. But he's had to change schools because he's not a great quarterback. And then Josh Heupel lost his mind in the second half of the ball game. He went on, went for it on fourth down about ten damn times. I don't oh know what gosh. he was thinking. Listen, we need to have a conference call with him and Dan Lanning. Don't he you know my favorite, win, baby? You know my favorite stat they put up the, on the screen and right before half, Josh Heupel's walking in, getting ready to do his little interview with the ESPN analyst, and it says Tennessee, Josh Heupel, twenty-two and zero, oh, leading, leading at halftime. 
Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Whoops. I thought, whoopsie, they're about to be 22 and 1. Yeah, what a, what a disaster. And look, Milrow was very pedestrian. 14 for 21, 220 yards. He had two touchdowns, and he, of course he had a pick. Their running game, they only had 138 yards on the ground. We were kind of, you know, all last week, we kind of thought that Tennessee's defense would, would be able to stand up to them, and they, they did. They didn't get no help. Alabama controls the, the ball by making sure they run it. You yeah. Know? Like I said, Jalen Milrow only ran the ball nine times. And you know that only one of them was probably a called running play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So so we say he was 14 of 21, but he was probably 14 of 30. 30. Right. You know? Well, yeah, nine carries, three total yards with a long of 15. But, so he's, but so, hey. Something happened. He's making better decisions. <laughs> he is. He, he's controlling the ball. He's controlling the team, the clock. The You know what I mean? Doing what he's got to do to get first downs. And, and to me, Alabama is improving throughout the year. Um, if, if they got another shot at Texas, they would – I think they would wipe the floor with them. You know, a couple of weeks, LSU travels to Tuscaloosa, right? That's going to be the, the telltale sign, what's going to happen. If they go up on Alabama, it's not going to be none of this. We're not scoring in the second-half business. And there ain't going to be no wide-open receivers missed in the end zone. That's not going to happen. Jay, Daniels is not going to miss them. Well, the other thing, though – Alabama might score 182 That's points true. against LSU. They're gonna have to though. They might have to. <laughs> Another 60 to 60 game. <laughs> I don't know. Be. I think that I think that LSU is gonna is gonna run into that wall eventually. They're not gonna be able to keep scoring all those points. I, I think they hit that Alabama defense. They're gonna play pretty tough on them. I mean, I think I still think they'll score probably 30, but it's not. They're not going. They're not gonna. It's not gonna be a 49 to 59 game. If it is, Alabama ain't winning. You think? If it's that high. I don't think so. You know, Saban, he don't want to get involved in nothing like that. You know he's going to have people all over. Oh. Uh, Daniels. Daniels and oh. neighbors and Thomas and oh. all of them, yeah. He is going to be bringing the house. Uh, yeah. You On know? the sideline collecting uh, plays. <laughs> stealing signs, baby, stealing <laughs> signs. All right, so let's let's talk about that for a second. Mm. Mm. We know... Everybody Everybody's does doing it. Everybody does it. Yes, 100%. The problem is everybody doesn't send the same guy, affiliated team guy, right. to 35 different games at 17 different stadiums. Using the, same, 17 credit, different using teams, the same credit card. Using his own card and his same name. At least if you do that, you don't have him on as a staffer listed on your payroll. Right. Yeah. Get your cousin Jimbo to do this or something. <laughs> right. Right. I saw something today. I don't know if it was a meme or whatever it was, but it was like, well, TCU says what happened, and the guy from Michigan says, we didn't scout y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Like, you know, we wasn't even worried about y'all, really, but hey. All right, so I'd, write, I'd like to wrap last week up with one quick one quick thing. We mentioned earlier, I think that Penn State-Ohio State game, I think the momentum and the outcome of that game changed because of a, of a call mm -hmm. by an official. I'm not going to say it was a bad call. It was a useless call. Yeah. It was a little bit of a holding that happens on every single play of every single receiver going out for a pass. He wasn't the target for that pass. Mm -hmm. It wasn't where the ball was going. So it was a little bit of a useless call. But I think that that turned it around and, and probably won Ohio State the game. About the worst call I've ever seen is the Iowa game mm. when they called a touch, a, a game-winning touchdown with time running out on a punt return back and said the guy called a fair catch. That might be the worst call I've ever seen. If I was Iowa, I would. I, I don't know how you can. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I don't appeal. know what your recourse is, but you, I mean, how you can appeal something, or or if there's even a process for that. But that was unbelievable. Apparently, the they, truck. they thought that he his hand went above his shoulders and he did like wave somebody off. I don't know what it exactly what he was doing, but I watched it a hundred times. I, yeah. I mean, I watched it over and over and over, and he pointed with two hands at first. And then he was waving this one this way. He was way directing traffic. And doing that. And he had both hands going like this. And it was, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I've never, I've never seen such a call like that to overturn the outcome of a game, blatantly overturn the outcome yep. of a game with a call you couldn't even tell if it was legitimate. Cost people some money, too. So, I mean, I lost it. I had, I, I had, a, I had a prediction that game was going in 17 12. And if had they not called that back, or 17 10, mm-hmm. if they hadn't called it back, it in 17 12. So. Yep. All right, let's talk about these big games this week coming up for week nine. All right, who you like? Oregon, Utah. Bad Bo on the road, but Bo's been pretty good on the road this year. Utah don't lose a home, though. I'm just telling you. I mean, they're catching six and a half. Some places even got it at seven. Yeah, Oregon's favored. Right, listen, their defense is, is on par with anybody else's in the nation. If they played the same teams Michigan played, They'd probably, I don't know, they'd beat them 51 to nothing, but they'd beat them pretty good. Yeah. I think they got, I mean, I think that they've got a solid team. I think the Oregon is right now, based on what all the announcers and analysts and people talk about, I feel like Oregon is the most underrated team, even though they're still talked about. They're still in some conversations, but I think that they're a top five, top four team. I think they win uh, the Pac 12. I think they go to the top, the final four, to the playoffs. And I think that they're being overlooked. I think that Bo Nix is being overlooked. He started his 54th game last year, setting a record for most starts in NCAA football, by the way. Yeah, Oregon's averaging uh, 200 more total yards than Utah. Uh, Defense is similar, allowing 312 for Oregon, 295 for Utah. But uh, Oregon's just killing them on offense, 326 versus 161 in passing and 226 versus 183 in rushing. So. Seems like similar defenses, a little bit more explosive offense for Oregon. I guess that's why they're getting the nod in the uh, in the sports books. I think Bryson Barnes is going to have to have a stellar game for Utah to be able to win this one. Whether he has a stellar game or not, Kyle Winningham is a great, great coach. And I'm an Oregon fan. You know, it's not like I'm not trying to bash Oregon by any means. But you're asking a lot for that team to go to Rice-Eccles and be a touchdown favorite. That is a lot to ask. I mean, we just saw them on the road at, at, at Washington, right? Yeah. And they did not win. Now, whether or not they should have, that's, you know, whatever. But yeah. they didn't win. They lost by three and, 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 to, and chose not to kick three easy field goals. They scored 30 points, right? Yeah. On 30, a Washington 33-30? Yeah. Washington defense is terrible. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a really good game. I, um, I don't think that Utah can beat Oregon. Um, it, they're playing at home, so that's going to be their best shot at it. Yeah. But I think if Cam Rising had been healthy and been uh, playing all year and Utah was on a roll and they were undefeated, then I think that Utah beats Oregon at home. I think if they're playing at Oregon with yeah. those same situations, I would say I think Oregon, Oregon yeah. wins a, a, a yeah. close game. But my, my opinion on this game is that Oregon goes down, Utah puts together a good defense, makes it difficult to score. I think you don't have a high-scoring game. I think that the Oregon defense is just going to be a little too – swarming uh, a little too much for Bryson Barnes. And, uh, you know, I feel like you're going to get a 24-17 to 17 game. You know, I think that the spread's about right. I think that Oregon ends up mid-20s and Utah scores a couple touchdowns. And, and you yeah. know, good, fun game to watch, but nothing crazy. 
Yeah, I'm I'm worried about Utah's ability to run the football. Yeah. You know, they they struggle with that against everybody they play. They don't really run the ball like they have been in the past. And this is a good defense that Dan Lanning's bringing. So Dan Lanning kicks the field goals, they win. <laughs> I guarantee you, if he's at the end of the half on fourth and goal from the six, his ass kicks a field goal. Especially get the ball coming back in the second half. Who else you like this week? But well, we got the old basketball matchup, Duke Louisville. Yeah, that would have been exciting to talk about like three weeks ago. Yeah, you know, it's still a five and two team versus a six and one uh, Louisville here. We're both ranked. Game's close. Yeah, but Duke's uh, Riley Leonard's done for the year. They shouldn't have brought him back in that nope. game last week. They should have saved him for this game, kept him healthy, kept him on rehab, but they wanted him to play so bad last week. And they played well, and they had a chance until he went out, and then they got smoked by, you know, what what was it, 14 at the end or something? 18, 18. 30 to 20, I think, yeah. So, so had he stayed in there, there's a good chance they play well, but but now you've lost him for the next however many games. Well, right. they're saying that he might give it a go He's going to be a game-time decision. <laughs> but it's the same thing's going to happen. Yeah. He's going to yeah. get in there in, in a full-speed contest, which you can't emulate full speed until yeah. it's game time. When, I mean, when, look, Duke, Duke, their defense can keep them in here. I, I mean, mean, they got a good defense. You know, Louisville's coming off a just absolute gross loss to Pitt. I mean, you know, they, they on that highest of highs after beating Notre Dame, next week they go down to Pitt. But now they did have the off week. So it was, you know, I'm sure total focus on what's about to happen. What's coming Saturday. at them, right. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I'm not sold on Louisville winning no. the game. I'm yeah. just saying that this game, I don't think this game has a lot of any the major gone. implications. Like, it I don't, it doesn't, there's nothing to come of it. You no, know? I mean, Louisville's probably going to win their side, you know, or, or be in the top two or whatever. I mean, it, if they beat Duke, you got to figure they'll beat Virginia Tech, Virginia. They got to go to Miami. Virginia's the upset king this year. Yeah. Who knows? And then Kentucky. But yeah, Who no, knows? they're gonna they're probably gonna lose that Miami game. I think. I think Miami's Good. gonna turn it around, finish strong. I mean, you know. But you know, they had their win total at I think it was eight or eight and a half, so they can definitely reach that. Yeah, we oh, yeah. started talking this uh, college football preview. season. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the most difficult schedules in the uh, nation. Right? Went up like 118 or probably one of the easiest. Yeah. I thought Duke had one of the hardest. No, I'm talking I'll... about Louisville. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I'm talking about Louisville. Okay. was eight and a half. Yeah, Duke had one of the hardest ones. They were playing yeah. all these top 25 teams. Moved up that, like 50 or 60 right, spots from 64 last year or spots. Yeah. The highest, the most since they started charting it, that's the most a team's moved up in strength of schedule in a year. Okay, yeah, I remember something like that. So they've held their own with five wins. Their win total was only like seven or something. Yeah. Because you, you liked over and we all, I liked under. I know that, but. Yeah, welcome okay. to college football. That's it. The only other real game that I'm looking forward to seeing what happens is uh, a few weeks ago, I made a comment about uh, Arizona being the best 3-3 three and three team in the country. They followed up that comment by beating USC. And this week, they have to uh, face mm-hmm. Oregon State and our friend you, uh, DJ Ukulele. DJ U, baby. And uh, I think we got an upset alert coming. I think Oregon State... Rolls into Arizona, and I think that they go home with another L on the schedule. It's not Corvallis. It, they're not playing in Corvallis, and it's going to be a tough, tough 1030. You know that the student section is going to be on fire Lit. for this. Woo. I, you know, Oregon State's favored by three and a half. I wouldn't take them. No. I wouldn't take them to win no. or three and a half. No. No, if I was going to bet it, I'd take, I'd take Arizona Yeah, for sure. You know, so. you you would figure this is going to be more of a Jonathan Smith. He, he's 
you know, matter of fact, they're talking about he might be Sam Pittman's replacement. Really? The head coach from Oregon State. Because he's a guy who – he's a power run guy. You yeah. know, he wants to run the ball, control the clock. So Arizona's got to be ready for that. And it's, it's a tough ask to go on the road anywhere nowadays, much less to go up there to this team that's just been firing on all eight cylinders week after week. Yeah. So – Come on DJ, back you home, may, Sam. Hey, hey, DJ, use liable to throw two or three picks. Now, we've seen it. He can do it. <laughs> he, he's capable. He's capable. He ain't scared. Mm-mm. This uh, North Carolina-Georgia Tech game. Okay. You know, Georgia Tech's kind of been a thorn in their ass for the last couple of years. And they're playing in Atlanta. They're God, playing they, in Atlanta. They got that ass beat by All, all 300 of them show week. up. Yeah, see, that's, oh. the, that's what I'm saying. That's what makes it so tough to – we Georgia, talk about this. Georgia Every, Tech is – I mean, they are Bonnie – I mean, uh, they are uh, – Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde. We'll Bonnie and Clyde, too. <laughs> hey, Bonnie and Clyde in your pocketbook. I'm tired, boys. I've been talking all day. My brain ain't working. Bobby Dodd with 55,000. So probably 30 will be there. <laughs> that shit almost half packed out. <laughs> but this is a telltale game for UNC because they – they got to get it turned around and just forget about what happened last week. They got to just put it out of their mind because Georgia Tech is that team that will upset you. That's what kind of team they are. Yeah, agreed with that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Y'all got anything else? No, I think we're ready to talk about our last week's Oh, picks. my God. Look, you know, something else, too, I heard. We already Bring talked about – we talked about James Madison, about how, you know, they're 7-0. They're, and o, they're one of the last undefeated, undefeated teams. Yep. They're not eligible to play for the conference championship. The only way they can go to a bowl game is if they don't have enough six and six teams to go. Then if they're selected, they would be able to go because they're in their year two of joining so the conference. Right, right. Yeah, so they're on conference probation, but they can go if there's not enough if teams to qualify. Enough, right, mm. if, if they're selected right, and approved and all that other stuff. Yeah. But not only that, none of their stats count. They're, they got a defensive lineman, and I'll find his name here in just a second that has something like 13 or 14 sacks, and it's not even counted. They don't even count the stats. What kind of crap is that? Yeah, what? what? Don't take away from the kids. Yeah, I mean, but that's what they're doing. It doesn't matter. Any NFL scout's still going to look at his oh, stats, yeah, sure. right? But, I mean, yeah, uh, Jalen Green, he's got 13 sacks. 13 sacks, man. And for what? Yeah, the closest kid to him has five and a half sacks on the team. Yeah. He's balling out. I just thought that was crazy. Yeah, that's wild. I think it's crazy that they put him on probation anyway. I mean, yeah, for what? Right. I could see like a rules infraction or something, but yeah, just switching conferences? Come on. (laughs) They moved up from FCF to FBS, and that's what, if you have a team that comes up, you have to wait two years before you're eligible for – yeah, they appealed, got denied. Yep. Yep. They're 20 point favorites. I, I could maybe see it if you were downgrading. Like you got a squad and you're going down to play Little League or something. But yeah, yeah you're coming up into stiffer competition and you're going to get hosed. So they say it's so they can build their program. Right. This day and age? Are you kidding me? The hell, some, you know, most teams only have a couple of kids that even stay around after the first year anyway. They're gone somewhere else. Right. Nice. Yeah, you're coming to James Madison to try to transfer to a bigger school. Right. right. So, anyway, I thought that was crazy. And there's something else I saw earlier that uh, Army will be playing in what conference? They're, they got approved to go play, I think, in the AAC next year. So, they're going to be joining a conference, and they won't be independent anymore. 
which is kind of a sign of the times here. Mm. You know, yeah. Saying? When Notre Dame joins a conference, that'll be the uh, the real big ticket if it ever happens. All right, picks from last week. I'll get us started. Uh, so last week I took Missouri over USC, giving up the seven, and uh, I won that one. Missouri, Missouri uh, worked over USC, so. Missouri looks like a team to contend with in the SEC. A little bit worried about Georgia, but we'll uh, see what happens in a couple weeks in that game. And then I took Oklahoma just absolutely crushing UCF. And uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, they were giving up 19, and they did not cover. They barely pulled out that game in a squeaker. So Was that the one all three of y'all had? Yep. Yeah. So what I was I one and one red last alert, week. Red alert, red alert, red alert. Oh, yeah. So I was one and one last week, and uh, I'm eleven and four on the year though. So, That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, not too bad, boys. So I had the Michigan Michigan State game. I had took uh, Michigan to cover, and they won that one uh, easily, forty nine to zero. Ole Miss Auburn. Uh, I had Ole Miss and the points. Ole Miss covers twenty eight to twenty one. And then, of course, Josh just mentioned the UCF Oklahoma game. I took Oklahoma to cover, and they lost that one. So I was um, a one-two, lost one last week, and that moved me. So I'm at a 61%. So I got my ass handed to me this week. Um, that Iowa call, that hurt me. That hurt me bad. Um, and then, again, Dylan Gabriel, I thought he was going to show out this week and had an opportunity to show out against his old coach. I thought he'd go in that game with his head held high. So uh, long story short, I ended up 3-7 and seven this week. That ain't good. That puts me at 28 and 27 and 2 on the year. I broke about even again. It's the same old thing this year. But I had Penn State plus the 4. That didn't work out. They got beat 20 to 12. I had under 32 in Iowa and Minnesota. Minnesota wins 12 to 10, so that was a winner. I had Oregon minus 20 against Washington State. It was 38 to 17 till it wasn't. <laughs> Oregon wins 38 to 24. Washington State gets the late touchdown to come in the back door. Damn it. I thought Oregon would come out on fire, man. I thought after what had went on the week before that they would come out on fire and it just didn't happen. They slept walked through the whole the hell they were down I think after the first quarter. Uh went to uh UNLV and Colorado State I had over 62. That one fell a little bit short, 23 to 25. I had Arizona State plus 28 against Heisman Hopeful. Michael Penix and Washington wins 15 to 7. So that was the winner in my blowout of the week. Michigan minus 24 over Michigan State. That was 49 to nothing. So the blowout of the week improves to 7 and 4 for the year, but the weekly total is 25 and 26. All right, moving on. <laughs> this week's picks. Who's going to lead us off? Go ahead. All right, sure. All right, I got two picks this week. I'm going to take Oregon over Utah, giving up the six and a half. Uh, the defenses, like I said earlier, are very similar, giving up about uh, 300 yards a game. But um, Oregon's offense is significantly better than Utah's, at least on paper. So I think that it's going to be a uh, defensive battle. But I think Oregon's going to have a little too much firepower and end up taking over uh, Utah in the end. Um, so I've got that. And then just to uh, needle Chris a little bit, I'm going to take Colorado and the 17 points. I really need him to win the game outright, though, if I'm being honest here, to win my bet after they uh, lost the Stanford game up 29 to zip at the half. But 
That being said, I'm going to take Colorado in the 17 and hope they cover. All right. Indiana versus Penn State. Penn State is favored by 32 and a half. I'm taking Penn State in the points. Ooh, that's a lot of points, T. I think Penn State's uh, going to bounce back. They're out for blood this week. Uh, Georgia versus Florida. I think this will be the second time this season that Georgia covers. 14 and a half favorite. I've got Georgia. Mmm. Mm. Sun, sun belt Billy. Watch out. It's fine. <laughs> and then Oklahoma versus Kansas. Over and under 65 and a half. I'm taking the under. Mm. All right, boys. This is going to pain me in my heart to say this. But I, too, am taking Colorado in the 17 <laughs> points. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I think they lose the game. But I don't think they lose by 17. I think they lose by... Nine or ten. Okay. So I was going to be all over UCLA till I started reading about the quarterbacks over there, and they're not in good shape quarterback-wise. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Dante Moore is going to get to start again. And what do you mean UCLA does not have a high-powered offense. Right. So they're going to have to slow Colorado down. and just, they, could, they do have a really good defense. They have a really good defense. And so they're going so to hurt the, Colorado's score. So I think they, they win the game, but if Colorado scores – Three touchdowns and UCLA scores three and a half, four touchdowns. I mean, you got a 28 21 game. You know, you got to figure Colorado's going to score 17 to 21. How many turnovers are they going to have? <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. But, but UCLA yeah. does have a good defense. Yeah. And, and I think they're going to do enough damage against Colorado that I, I'm just saying Colorado in 17 and, and UCLA's going to have to find a way to score some points. You know, like I said, but their yeah. offense has been shaky at best. So Colorado plus 17. Uh, give me them Georgia Southern Eagles yeah. at home. Hell Southern. Against uh, Gata at home in Statesboro. Against Georgia State. Good in-state rivalry right there. Georgia Southern's favored by one and a half. I'll take Georgia Southern covering that one and a half a at home. Yeah, high-scoring game, man. Yeah, I almost bet the over. It was like 65 or should, something. It should get there, man. It should get there. So I mean, I, the way those two teams go at it, it, it should be. I a, got scared of that over. I started to pick it. I was like, man, because I thought the same thing. It's going to be high scoring. And then I looked it up, and I was like, ooh, it is, they got it figured high. This burned me last week. Dylan Gabriel, don't you fuck me again. I'm taking mm-hmm. Oklahoma minus 10. Mm-hmm. And oh. uh, I'm taking Oklahoma State minus 7.5 at home. And I tell you what, I'm going to do it. I talked myself into it while we were discussing the games this week. I'm going to take Arizona plus the three and a half. <laughs> you know, I, and just hope that they keep it close. And if if the other if uh, DJ Ukulele pulls out a win, it's on a last minute field goal. A uh, couple other picks I got are uh, I'm going to take the over in that Georgia Florida game, 47 and a half. Uh, Georgia's averaging almost 40 points a game. Florida's going to score. Uh, and I'm also uh, I'm scared to pick in that Oregon Utah game with Utah at home and Bryson Barnes getting his, his legs under. But I'm taking the over in that one, which is also, ironically, 47 and a half. Sounds good. Jeff? Well, we're going to go head-to-head, guys, because I'm taking Utah into points. <laughs> uh, listen. I told you I was scared to pick it. Look, Utah's 14 and 5 in the last five years playing conference games against the spread. When they play at home, they're 8 and 2 in the last 10 games against the spread. As an underdog... They are 17, 8, and 1 in the last 10 years. Utah's won 27 games at Rice Eccles Stadium in front of home crowd. That's not including the 2020 COVID year when they weren't allowed to have anybody there. Out of those 27 games they've won there, 22 of them have been FBS opponents. Here's the big the kicker for me. 
Utah's defense only allows three yards per rush and 15 points per game. So, that being said, can Bo Nix beat them in the air? I want to see it. I want to see it. I got to see it. I got to see more than 10-yard than hey, passes. It's going to be a fun game to watch. It is. It's going to be a fun game. I'm excited about it. So, I'm going to take Utah plus the six and a half is fine, and I'm going to take under 48. I got 48. You got 48. I went under because, in my opinion, if Utah wins this game, it doesn't go over. It doesn't go over. Yeah, they they cannot. Well, they can't win no, and have it go over. It. But I don't. I don't think they're going to win. You know, and if it does go over and, and Utah wins, that means they bad bow showed up. Yeah, bad bow turned over the ball way too much. Or Dan, I don't kick. Lanning does some dumb stuff like Josh Hopple does on fourth down. So anyway, give me Utah plus the points and under the total. Second game, I'm going to take Iowa State minus two and a half at Baylor. Baylor has given up 29-plus points in the last four games. They've been outscored 144-88, to and they're 0-4-1 against the spread in home games this year. You look at Iowa State, the last three games they played, they've stepped it up a lot. They did get smashed by Oklahoma 50-21, to but then they turn around. They, they had that bye week. They come off the bye. They get TCU. They beat them 27-14. to 14. The defense showed up. And then last week they played a Cincinnati team who a lot of people have been high on Cincinnati, but I think we're really kind of seeing now that they're not as good as they were. But they beat them 30-10. to 10. So Matt Campbell, is, I think he's getting this ship turned around a little bit. I, expect a, I really expect this to be a low-scoring game too, 47-and-a-half. I think it's supposed to be windy out there too. So we'll see. I'll take I'll take Iowa State and lay the two and a half. And it actually, it was it come out Baylor was a one point favorite. And this thing's flipped all the way and just kept getting bet up. So my next game, East Carolina versus the Roadrunners from UTSA. <laughs> Since Frank Harris has come back, they beat Temple forty nine to thirty four. Frank Harris, quarterback for UTSA. The one, this is his seventh year. <laughs> this is, he, and the reason he came back is because they offered him an NIL deal last year. So he come back. I mean, and get JT Daniels, seven, yeah. year seven, you know. But since he's come back, they beat Temple 49 to 34. They beat UAB 41 to 20, and they got Florida Atlantic last week 36 to 10. Play against East Carolina offer a straight up loss. East Carolina's one in six ATS after a straight up loss. They got beat last week. Texas San Antonio versus conference opponents, six and one in the last seven games, ATS. So I'm gonna lay the 18 and a half. That's 330 ESPN plus game for, for anybody who wants to watch it. My next game will be Saturday at five o'clock ESPN plus. ULL, the Raging Cajuns. They're going to South Alabama. South Alabama's laying 10. This was almost gonna be my blowout of the week. It was very, very close. UL Lafayette on the road. They're two and five against the spread. South Alabama in their home conference games, they're 12 and five against the spread. Little stats. South Alabama, 36 points a game. 12th in the nation in scoring. They average six point one yards per play, and they're top 25 in pass attempts with eight and a half yards per pass attempt. That's pretty good. Not too shabby. ULL, UL Lafayette. Out of, they played six FBS opponents. Four of them have scored at least 30 points. They're number 116 in the nation in pass defense against yards per attempt, giving up 8.3 yards per attempt. So 
I think South Alabama is going to score a lot of points, and I'm going to lay the 10 on that. Next game, Saturday, 8 o'clock, Pac-12 Network. The Cougs from Washington State travel to Arizona State to face Kenny Dillingham and his young Sun Devils. Cam and the boys are going to lay six points, and I'm going to take them. Washington State has been feisty all year. They're a covering machine. They get this game at home. And I'm just not convinced that Washington State is anything spectacular. They hadn't. They looked okay last week against Oregon. They scored late to get in the back door and get the cover. So I'll take the six. And in my blowout of the week, Tony, you'll like this one. Penn State minus 31. I think they are going to pan fry Indiana. Somebody's got to pay for last week. And it just happens to be Tom Allen's, bless his heart. I think that's going to be that's going to be my blowout pick. It's going to be as bad as James Franklin. That's seven. It's a seven thirty-two night game at home. At home, he's going to try to run it up. Oh, don't he wants you know? A Sixty to nothing game. It might be thirty-five to nothing at halftime. <laughs> and he ain't going to take his foot off. No, the no, no. He, mm, Drew no. Aller will stay in, and that's he'll right. just keep foot on the pedal. So, because he's a dick. Yeah, he's he's something else. Imagine he coached at Vandy. Good God. So that's just what we got. We'll try to get above 500 here, guys. It's, uh, I hope y'all are playing that blowout of the week. That's been pretty good to us. So That's all I got. All right, let's move on to this week's stay in the truck. So my stay in the truck goes out to old Sparty. <laughs> Michigan State has suspended an employee and issued an apology after an image of Adolf Hitler was displayed on the Jumbotron prior to the home game against Michigan. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Oh, yeah. The image appeared as part of a trivia question about Hitler's birthplace. Michigan State issued a statement that the school uses a third party for the content and that company's services will no longer be used. Michigan State has been in the news more frequently lately with the sexual harassment accusations of Mel Tucker and also rising concerns on campus around anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Get it together, Michigan State. Stay in the truck. Stay in the truck. Stay in the truck. All right, I'll go. I don't really have a great one this week, i got to be honest. There hasn't been a ton of uh, crap going down in the uh, world of sports that I thought was uh, relevant enough to my stay in the truck. So I'm just going to go with the MLB playoffs. Two dog shit teams. Well, I guess they're not dog shit because they're in the World Series, but uh, certainly not who anyone expected to be in the World Series. The fifth seeded Rangers and the uh, sixth seeded Diamondbacks both make it to the World Series. So, uh, should be a lot of fans tuning into this one. Not stay in the truck. Well, look, before we all go in on that, Arizona's the worst rated team to ever be in the World Series. Worst rated by the TV stats, rate. whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The stats. Oh, and then you know this is a uh, nightmare for Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. 100%. Right. For the advertisers? Oh, oh yeah. They're a nightmare. They're jumping ship. But it's a bigger is- nightmare for the Toronto Blue Jays who traded away Arizona's two best players right now in the postseason that are winning all these games for them well. for, uh, for some mediocre player. And look, if uh, that's the stay in the truck award. What's that? <laughs> but he just said, uh, yeah, yeah. the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, you Frank, got that right. Frank, get you some of that, Frank. Frankly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but and not only that, the Cubs and the Braves, one of those last series that they played, remember the Cubs like kicked their ass and then the Braves ended up winning because the center fielder dropped the – Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yep. Had he caught that, 99.9% chance that Arizona doesn't even make the playoffs. Wow. Really? Wow. That's crazy. The Cubs win the wild card and they go in front of 
Arizona. The right. stars are lined up in their favor. Yeah. So, hey, I, I don't care how bad they are, how shitty their ratings are. I am so glad that Bryce Harper and yeah. his crying ass Philadelphia Phillies are not going on any further. Yeah, it was great, great to see the Phillies not making. But the so. whole thing, another, you know, staying in the truck for for me, I'll just kind of bounce off of Josh. Okay. Major League Baseball. Enough is enough. This is not the NCAA March Madness. We do not need. Every team they play 162 games a year. You don't need 12 teams going to the playoffs, and then you don't even reseed them. You right. don't even reseed We're them halfway after. through football season. You I got, all, yeah, you got 45% of the teams in major leagues making the playoffs. I mean, they got to, they got to do something. I mean, Start I, earlier or get rid of some of the spring games and some of the, the bullshit early games. And and play through August and and run your playoffs in September and be done by by October when. But you know. I don't I don't like all these teams. This is not supposed to be a Cinderella sport. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you play 162 games, there's not 12 great teams. What do you, What do you think's fair? Two two out of each division. I didn't like it when they added the one game play in ten years ago. I didn't like that. I'm, but I'm old school in that way anyway. You know, I'm old school. Now, do I think it should, you know, back when it used to just be when the Braves were in the West, you know, back when there was the East and the West and the Braves were in the West against the Giants all the time. And yeah. Now, I agree. Yeah, that was a little bit much. You know, that was only two or whatever. So I'm fine with the four rounds of playoffs, but I don't like, yeah, I don't like the Braves having to sit for a week. I don't like that at all. Every team, yeah. Baltimore, yeah. Baltimore yeah. too. They're talking about all the yeah. all, Out of all them teams, there was one game one, and that was when the Braves came back against the Phillies. The right. rest of them got swept. Yeah. I don't like that at all. I just think there's too many teams given a chance to win a World Series that they yeah. don't deserve it. Didn't yeah. earn it. There's 30 teams in Major League Baseball and 12 make the playoffs. That's yeah. stupid. Yeah, it's crazy. So... I had a couple more, too. So MLB, stay in the trust. Yeah, in and Lincoln truck. Riley, too, damn it, while I'm on a roll. Let me Fuck tell him. you about this. this, this <laughs> hey, well, y'all saw the stat I sent out on him? Did y'all yeah, watch the video? Good. That was good. But that was you know good. what, though? They get everything they deserve. Yeah. He couldn't do, and I know we got a couple of Oklahoma they fans. They might win one more it. game this year. But maybe, yeah, you're That's right. That's it. Because they, they might not beat Cal this week. Right, and they might be calling for his fucking head by the end of this year. It's ridiculous. He banned a reporter back in September for whatever question the guy asked. He didn't like it. Then he, you know, after I guess it was two weeks ago when they lost to Notre Dame, he wouldn't let the players talk to the media because he didn't. He protecting his players. Yeah, and then he doesn't even show up because he's sick. He doesn't even show up for his radio show, and he hadn't been at practice until today. He come back and being treated for pneumonia. So they say, "Come on, man." I mean, you talk to talk, now walk to walk. Yeah. All right. No. He's, you know? just, he's just ducking and dodging. Stay in the truck. Stay in the truck. Stay in the truck. All right. I'll throw one more on top of it. You douchebag in black and white stripes that threw a flag on my guy for <laughs> an unknown <laughs> fair catch that changed the game. I don't know your name, but stay in the truck. I mean, you've been stay talking about truck. that ever that since. Guy, that guy, man, I, that guy... <laughs> Telling you, man, that had me obsessed this week. Watching that video over and over and over, thinking, yeah. "How the hell did they? How did they review it and still say that he called a fair catch? Unfucking believable." Stay in the truck. Stay in the All truck. All the officials, everybody that was involved in the review, stay in the truck, fuckers. That's it for this week's show. We really appreciate you tuning in. Please remember to like, subscribe, and leave us some comments. Let us know how we're doing. Stay in the truck. Stay in the truck.